When life throws you a curveball, how are you going to handle adversity? Welcome to the Fearless Mindset Podcast, where you're about to go on a journey as I interview security, business, and entertainment leaders on what it takes to stay fearless. I'm your host, Mark Ludlow, and enjoy today's episode. The power of the word, like you said earlier, the power of speaking. There's a lot of power in the words that you say. And again, if there has to be there has to be a little bit of compassion that comes with them and, and you have to really mean what you're saying. Um, and a lot of times I'll, I'll give you a really quick example. Yeah. Um, one time it was a domestic, um, the male uh, was a heavyweight champion and he had all of his belts and awards on the wall. And he, he I'm five foot four. Um, he was a good six feet tall with a lot of muscle and, um, I'm looking around and I see him and he's angry and he is just ready to pound on somebody. Um, and I distracted him by talking about his, his awards. Interesting. Um, so I, I distracted him by saying, Hey, you know, I understand this is why we're here, but let me ask you something. <laughs> are these all yours? Cause that's impressive. And then talking about that for a little bit, he starts to calm down. And then we start talking about why he's having a problem with his wife. And my solution is that she maybe just go to her families for the, for the night and maybe they should spend some time away from each other and then talk it out maybe at another day. Um, and so that quickly deescalated. Um, but he was approximately four feet from me. And when he's, you know, putting up his fists and um, you can tell he was just ready to, and I knew if, if he punched me, he, I, I'm done. You know, I was not a huge person. I'm not a huge person. So being uh, being able to utilize the environment that you're in and understanding how to de-escalate a situation, one is by distracting. Um, and, and it really helps. So, yeah, there was definitely situations where uh, I like it. This either is going to work or I'm going to be in the hospital. So you had to become a doctor in psychology for about five to 20 minutes in that conversation and flip on a non-hard skill hat, but a soft skill hat. And then you'd use your imagination to become a friend, not a cop, but a friend and right. pull that emotion out of them, focus right. on his wins in his life. That's something a psychologist would do. And, and the, that's where you really learn how to be empathetic. Mm-hmm. I don't necessarily sympathize with you. I don't agree with you, but I can empathize where you're coming from. I can empathize what you're feeling. And, and so that's how you really start to understand the difference between sympathy, empathy, and, um, and how you're not agreeing with them. Um, and you can still treat them like, you know, you're going to jail, but in a, in a, in a different way um, to where they're a little bit more agreeable with you and they they, I've had situations where I've had men just turn around, put their hands behind their back and say, okay, let's go. I, I didn't have to say anything else. They just are, okay, I know why you're here. Let's go ahead and just, let's do this. I know I'm going to jail. So that's after, after they have a conversation with you and they experience your empathy or sympathy with them, understand you don't want to fight with them. You just want to help them. 
Right. Once they cognitively receive that information, it just takes down their walls. Exactly. Wow. The power of the psyche mind, what you can do with it. Yes. Again, being a hostage negotiator, best job in the world. You get a lot of really good, valuable training. Um, if if you're in law enforcement, you have that opportunity. Do it. Do it. Those skills are transferable. Mm-hmm. They're transferable into almost any other pr- profession, um, and you're going to be that much better at what you do. So, if you're in the law enforcement, listening to this podcast, I think the majority of our listeners are law enforcement, and you want to make that transition. Um, follow Monica on her LinkedIn and she's on uh, Instagram too, I think. She's got an Instagram yes. page and all that in Clubhouse. But there's a lot of you guys out there that I know are wanting to get out of law enforcement due to the situation and the climate of the country. And if Monica can do it, you guys can do it too. We need Absolutely. you. We need you in the private sector more than ever. Uh, we got uh, things are, like Monica said, things are picking up out there. It's getting busy and we need your skill set. We need your people skills, your street smarts your street creds to like Monica had an experience doing hostage negotiating, probably talking to people off the edge of the ledge or doing something stupid with their family. I mean, you'd probably have a hundred stories in the course of your career in law enforcement. And uh, that could be a book. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, it can. Um, I wanted to make sure to mention that, um, there's a huge need of women in, in, in executive protection um, and in corporate security, period. Um, there's a huge need. And I know that there's a lot of women out there who struggle because it's a male-dominated industry. Um, and I understand a lot of those struggles, been through it, done it, you know. Um, and... I think it's ex- extremely important to partner up with somebody who is in the industry who can help navigate through those murky waters. Um, you know, sometimes there's comments that are made by our male counterparts because that's that's just how they are. And they don't necessarily mean anything bad by it, but it is something that is is not appropriate. And, and there are ways that you can manage that situation. Um, and, and the other thing I'd like to say is uh, men, if you have a female on your team and you see that somebody is not treating the female um, counterpart in a, in a positive or supportive way, be an ally. Be an ally, help support her. And, I, and I'm not saying wait until everything is done and then send her a private message saying, oh, man, that was really bad. I'm sorry that you had to go through that because you're not really standing up for her. You're not really being an ally. Thank you for the support. But that's not what we need. We need somebody who's going to stand up and say, listen, this is not appropriate. You need to apologize. Um, and 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 women, too, if, if women are you know, speaking ill of, of their male counterparts or, or, you know, putting them in a bad position as well. Um, then we as women and professionals in the industry need to be their allies as well and stand up for them. Wow. Well said for the listeners, you got some gold nuggets right there and in business, you know, you're as good as the people that trust you. Correct. Trust is huge in this industry. 
And I have people call me all the time in confidence, tell me about this story, about this person or that person. You know, no industry is perfect. We all have our bad apples in every industry. And but we got to, you know, st- stick up for each other, help each other out. It is one thing I love about the EP industry. It's a team industry. To survive, to thrive, you got to be a team. You got to be cohesive. Absolutely. Communication, collaboration, consideration, all those C's very important. Um, we're a team and it doesn't matter what, it doesn't matter if you're halls, you know, halls and walls, <laughs> Yeah, which nobody wants to do. Nobody wants to do. It's not glamorous. <laughs> it's not glamorous. Whether you're an EP driver um, or you're the lead or the manager director, um, we're all a team and, and our, we all have the same objective. And, and that is that our clients are safe from the moment they leave their room or their residence or the plane or their car to where they're going, that they can do that safely without having to think about their security, their safety, because they have a team around them that's taking care of that. When you start having a lot of that internal conflict, um, there's there's a higher risk of, of um, some security gaps where the client is now vulnerable. So keeping in mind that we're a team and we have to work together is extremely important. Now, Monica, here's a question on that. What are the positives you hear from the client you're protecting from the team's production and protecting them? What's the compliments you hear, the negatives or the positives? Do you hear anything negative that they need, need to work on? Hey, could you do this a little bit better? Or can you do this a little uh, less? What do you hear out there? Um, well, I can't speak to um, our situation specifically. Of course. Um, I think one of the biggest things is in corporate, um, whether or not the leadership executives understand the need for executive protection, understand what we actually do. We're not just security. You right. Know? Don't don't just say we're security because that's not what we do. We it's so much more than that. Sure. Um, so I think the biggest thing is that um, is still missing is the the uh, real the understanding of what executive protection really is, and and what the the how much is actually goes into being able to protect an executive or a high net worth individual or a high profile individual. Um, there's a lot that goes in there into keeping them safe. I mean, we're talking about advances and, uh, you know, um, we're talking about travel security. We're talking about, you know, different routes when you get from, you know, from the airport to the hotel, um, making sure the area at the hotel is safe. It, you know, there's a lot that goes into that. And then you're also looking at the digital footprint and working directly with um, cybersecurity to make sure that, you know, we're safe on that end as well. Um there's a lot that goes in there. We're kind of more of a liaison between different aspects of the company and kind of bring everything together so that everything can work well. Um, uh, so, in, in you know, it, the, the gamut is really different um, depending on what company you go with or we're talking about. 
Sure. Now, now we have a problem, like you just mentioned, uh, you know, monitoring social media, cyber stuff. Um, now social media is becoming a problem too. And so you got to scrub that. And with, I'm sure with your clients, you got to make sure that's clean. If there's threats coming from different places and that's a whole different type of animal brand protection and security. It is, um, which is one of the reasons why we have to do um, one of the reasons why I also have a, a protective intelligence um, team uh, embedded within my team. Um, they can take care of, you know, working closely with cyber and um, and making sure that we are looking at all of the threats, not just physical threats. We're looking at all the possible threats and, and putting uh, parameters in place to make sure that um that there, there's no vulnerabilities. Yeah, Anjik did a great job. We were, we were both at the summit in Austin, and I was just impressed by corporations accepting that as a new issue in the branding, brand protection, and just part of their organizational structure as having an embedded protective intelligence team. It's just the way of the future is how things are right now. I think um, it's starting to definitely gain some more um, traction. Uh, I think it's always been needed, though. You know, physical security could always could easily become a cybersecurity issue and vice versa. Mm -hmm. Um, That's always been kind of one of the vulnerabilities and having both teams work together has always been very difficult. Um, But I think it's starting to get to the point where. Um, we understand that there is a need to have those relationships and um, and bridge those gaps, so that way we have a better understanding of the threat levels and um, and a better understanding of what we need to do in order to k- keep not only the executives safe but also the brand. The brand, right? Yeah, I had no really didn't comprehend the whole concept until I went to the conference, the OnTech, and I'm like, wow. This is the big deal. And it's kind of interesting to see how I'm starting to see more stuff post on LinkedIn internally for mm-hmm. new programs being created and, and developed. And it sounds like you're the one, you know, running over there at LinkedIn and getting things up and running for the executives. And uh, they're receptive to it, sounds like, and they need it. And because uh, there's so many, you know, threats, you know, like what we're seeing in San Francisco and LA, it's just uh, people are constantly watching especially our clients running around, you know, you have escalates pulling in and you have people jumping out. It just, it naturally grabs attention. Right. So, so you naturally grab the attention. You naturally become a target, unfortunately, especially in these cities where your executives travel and they get in their private jet and fly around. And of course, most EPA agents, we take commercial when we go. Typically, do you see that most of you guys are flying commercial? Sometimes you get the private jet with them. How, what does that look like for transportation point? Um, so it depends on the company. Every company works a little bit differently. Ideally, yeah. ideally, um, executive protection, there should be somebody within the executive protection that flies with them, regardless of it's uh, uh, private or commercial. And the reason for that is, mm-hmm. um, and, and especially these days, not so much on private jets, but on commercial flights, um, there's, there's a lot of people who have been banned from flying because of the whole COVID-19 mask mandates. And, um, you know, there's people have been punching flight attendants and, you know, um, uh, causing different types of, of trouble. 
And um, it's important to have somebody on the flight that can also kind of shield the executives from that, or, you know, whether it's an executive, a VIP or uh, an entertainer, um, some of the Royals, I know the Royals travel on their own jets, but, um, but if they choose to fly to, you know, on a, on a commercial flight, it's important to have a team, you know, with them. So every company does it a little bit differently. Some do a lot of private jet, some do a lot of commercial, um, Either way, somebody should be traveling with them. Yeah, being that you're LinkedIn, are you guys? I, I know they got bought out by Microsoft. So do you interface interface with the Microsoft team too as well in your we different work duties? Okay. We, do, we work together. I mean, we we're two separate teams, but we, we have a very good relationship with with the Microsoft team. So LinkedIn, you're like like you said, all over the world. So you could be traveling over to Europe for a few days and. It's just your sleeping pattern gets jacked up and have to adjust to that. No sleep. What is that like? Well, hydrating um, yourself? <laughs> crazy. As I, as I mentioned, you know, in corporate, everything gets scheduled in advance. Sure. Um, so <clears throat> there's, there's ways, there's ways to, to manage that um, because it's scheduled in advance. You can assign certain team members and, um, and, and create a good solid plan that doesn't always require the manager to, to be on the road. Um, but as an executive protection specialist, uh, there is a lot of travel. Um, but again, it's all scheduled in advance. So it's, it's not like when you're traveling with an entertainer and they decide that after their concert, they're going to an after party and then an after after party. And then finally, they're going to go home for maybe 30 minutes of rest. And then they want to go for breakfast and then they have to go back to the studio to start recording um, at 6 a.m. And, and it's just a constant, you know, no sleep um, uh, constant schedule. And so it, that is definitely very different than it is in the corporate world. So we don't necessarily, we do travel, but it's not, it's not the same. Yeah. It's not the same as, um, other EP, um, disciplines. More of a corporate environment, more of a schedule routines. Everything. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's definitely, um, and it's not for everybody. Right. Not for everybody. A lot of people like to do the midnight oil and, and go to all the clubs and stay up till four and then get back up at six to be at the studio. You know, some people like doing that sure. and, and there's no problem with it. That's, that's the best thing about, you know, everybody being so different, you know, you do what suits you best and, right. um, and, but that's definitely not for me. Um, I, th- I think that just being a more um, uh, organized and, and strategic and, and everything is scheduled in advance and a lot more coordinated, I, I really prefer that over the last minute call um, saying, I'm, I'm leaving in 20 minutes and, you know, you, you, you just ordered your food and it hasn't come <laughs> And so now you have to leave, you know, <laughs> it's like the military. <laughs> exactly. Or the yeah. royal families run into that. I'm glad you explained that, Monica, because there's so much different. There are differences in the industry. Like you said, corporate, you have the entertainers, you get the royal families. They work operately, operationally. They totally operate differently, folks. They're not yeah. the same. Like it's Monica just said, same. corporate, you have an environment, you have a schedule. 
You have yeah. the business hours where the executives are working. They go home at night. They got kids. They do their yeah. thing. Yeah. And, so, the, and, and you know, the gamut is is wide. I mean, there's a lot of options in executive protection. You can go on to a team that does a lot of high risk and goes to high risk areas. You can go to a faith based, really, you know, uh, team that primarily works on the weekends because, you know, that's when services are, goes on mission trips, stuff like yep. that, uh, travels with the pastors. Then you have entertainers who, uh, this schedule is just crazy. Um, uh, you can go on, on tours and stuff, but there's also politicians. There's also um, some politicians are not quite at the level where they get uh, secret service. So they hire their own executive protection. So, um, you know, there's all kinds, all kinds of different disciplines. It's just a matter of what, what is it that you really want to get into? And then, of course, you have the corporate stuff. Um, right. So every person is going to be a little bit different. Choose what it is that you you think is going to be work best for you. And then try to find ways to get into that discipline through making connections. Networking is, is extremely important in this industry. Um, it's a small industry. We know each other. Uh, you know, if I haven't worked with you, I know of you. Um, or I know somebody that has worked with you. Sure. That's how small it is. It is. Um, but, you know, it's, it's growing and there's more need for it. And there's definitely still a huge need for women. What would be the best way for a woman to break in the industry? What is your advice to them just to get their feet wet? You'd recommend them attend any EP school or go to a mixer, get to know people, connect that All way? Okay. All of you, Dove. This, this is the type of industry where the more you do, the more people start to get to know you. Um, the, the more training you end up taking, the more connections you make, the better the chances of you actually getting onto a detail is. Now, it could be a short-term detail for over a weekend or even just a day, right. but that adds to your portfolio. And the more you do, the you know, now you can start building a resume that speaks to your experience in executive protection. I know, Monica, I know the old guards like I do not exist on social media. I refuse to be on social media because I'm a secret black ops girl and uh, I do things that are government connected. You know, they had that mentality. But now if you're not on social media, nobody knows you. What is your advice as far as using social media as an exec protection agent getting in the industry? What, what's your thoughts on that? The, the biggest thing is keep it professional. Okay. Keep it professional. LinkedIn is a fantastic platform. I've used it for years. I can't remember how far back, but mm -hmm. I've used it since my law enforcement years. And um, it's a fantastic platform. A lot of people get their jobs. I'm sorry, my lights are going to go out again. It's, 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 um, it's all of that is very important. I do understand the thought process on that and, and I completely respect it. Um, but if you're, if you have a profile that is very professional um, and just speaks to your experience, then come on. <laughs> this is one of those rooms where you actually have to get up. 
It's Monica's nap timer going off. She's time for her nap. She's working so hard over there. <laughs> um, so it, it, it's it's um, it's important to have at least something on social media, and not just not social media. I should I should rephrase that. Um, it's a completely a choice if you want to do Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. That's completely a choice. That's social media at its at its truest definition. Social media, right? LinkedIn is a very different platform. It's a very professional platform. You can have a profile on LinkedIn, put in your your experience, your expertise, what your knowledge is, start networking with people, um, and, and you can start seeing a few results. Um, if you're transitioning from law enforcement, you're transitioning from um, the military, it's, it's just reach out to other people who are in the industry and are doing what you want to do. I, I get messages all the time on my LinkedIn profile of somebody who's going to be retiring in 10 months or 16 months. And, you know, they want to know what they should start doing now to prepare for that transition. I have no problem responding to those, you know, those type of questions um, and in providing the guidance, uh, directing them to somebody that might be able to maybe give them better advice than myself. Um, But, you know, that's that's kind of how you start going. Um, So, yeah, I know a lot of people that don't have their profiles, not very well known because of it. and it's because of their, you know, military or law enforcement experience. But um, when they start preparing for executive protection, you 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 need to create something. And I highly recommend, uh, you know, doing uh, having a profile on LinkedIn. I would even recommend probably hiring somebody that knows how to put a profile together for you. I have a marketing, uh, actually, a friend of friend, Tim Harry's uh, marketing girl. I reached out to her. And she helped John Schumer put his whole profile together. And he just launched his own company in Minnesota. And I'm like, holy cow, she's good at this. So if you're listening to this, you don't know how to do that, you can reach out to me. I can refer you to people that know how to put a professional LinkedIn page together. Perception is reality to people. And they perceive you to be one way. And that's how they think you are. And I think it's critical in this day and age. People find you. They have to go on LinkedIn. If people don't find you on LinkedIn, they don't think you exist. <laughs> it's so weird. It's it, it's true. Um, I, I I happen to agree with that that statement. It does it does seem to be that way. Um, LinkedIn has a lot of those resources too, and if you pay for the premium, you can actually go into LinkedIn Learning and you know learn some other skills there. Uh, you know, project management, how to manage that that kind of stuff. Um, and how many users are LinkedIn. I'm sorry. How many users are on LinkedIn? I heard there's like several millions. There's a lot. Um, I just had the numbers not too long ago, and I know that they've gone up. Oh, have they? Um, wow. Yeah, I'm. I'm not sure if I can find that right now while we're on here. Um, All good. There's a lot, and, and I should know that answer because we've literally just heard that um the the new numbers not too long ago um but we have we have a lot of listener or um members and they're global global um, reach yeah it's 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 crazy how global it is um but it, it's, it's like amazing you, it's it's fantastic i love it it's like equivalent to google i mean but it's for professionals 
connecting each other. I get stuff from India, Russia, all the time. Like, how does this person find me? But it's the global reach that has, and it's very, it's a very powerful engine. I highly recommend using LinkedIn. Absolutely. Um, so I think, uh, no, these numbers are not right. Well, th- these are, these numbers are from last year, 774 million registered members in over 200 countries. And I know that's gone up. Wow. That's almost 800 up. million. Yeah. That's almost a billion people. Yes. A billion, almost a billion people on LinkedIn folks. So if you're listening to this, you know, I would suggest you create that profile and get it rolling. There's a lot of networking to do. Um, <laughs> a lot of networking. <laughs> you can do anything you want as long as you connect with the right people and start actually, you know, doing training and preparing yourself for, for that particular discipline. You can you can do anything you want. With Absolutely. that users, you can connect with almost anybody. Well, we're maxing out. Monica's time, they're all on time blocks in corporate America. I know it's just at noon. Um, so <laughs> she, she's going to have, she's going to have the air lunch because she's got a team to run over there. So we'll, we'll leave it at this. Uh, Monica, do you have any parting words to the audience that you would like to, any advice, suggestions before we wrap this up? I think the, the the most important thing or takeaway is integrity is extremely important. Mm-hmm. If you want to be a leader, lead with empathy and respect. Um, you can do pretty much anything you want to do. Just start putting the the, the pieces together and, and start actually taking those steps to do what you, you really desire to do. Um, connect with the right people and always... Try to be your authentic self. Authentic self. Because if you can be authentic in everything that you do and you put in 100% every single time, there is no doubt that you will be successful. So, folks, that is the gold nugget at the end of this episode from Monica. Be your authentic self because you won't regret it. Just be you. Just be you. And, and you're not for and, and understand that you're not for everybody. Not everybody's gonna <laughs> like you. That's okay. Right. Um, but you have to be true to yourself. Just be yourself. Whatever you're made for, whatever your skill sets are, just follow those skill set. Follow it. Try not to be you can't be Mark Lebo, you can't be Monica, but you can be you, whatever that is. You. It just that's okay to be you. <laughs> Always strive to be a better version of yourself and not necessarily being somebody else. Exactly. I like that one. So this is Mark Ledlow with the Fearless Mindset Podcast. And thanks for tuning in. Follow us on YouTube, Mark Ledlow, LinkedIn. Follow Monica on LinkedIn. She's on Instagram too. And I'm on uh, Instagram under the Mark Ledlow. And if you have any thoughts, questions, want to reach out, just email me uh, here too on LinkedIn as well. We'll be posting this probably in a few weeks. And we appreciate Monica's time as she leads LinkedIn into the new venture, the new season of their expansion. And thanks for tuning in. We'll see you on the next episode.